Hi everyone, you're listening to a Tavern of Ethereum Warriors podcast. I'm Tim Lee. This will hopefully be the first podcast of a weekly series that we will be producing. So stay tuned each week for new episodes with your tavern writers and hopefully some special guests. I'm joined today by Jinsak Yang from Tavern Studio Connecticut. How are you doing? Well, actually, Tavern Studio Ohio. Hi, everyone. Tavern Ohio. Yep, and Nicole Chung from Tavern Studio Sydney. Hello. So we'll start, and it's been a big week for the K-League because of some high-profile transfers. The top story, however, is Dehan Demhanovic's return to FC Seoul. So, Nicole, since you are our resident FC's Hall fan, I'll go to you first. Why is Tehan such a big deal for FC's Hall? for the people who aren't really acquainted with uh, the the legend that is Dehan. Well, every FC's whole fan loves Dehan. But I don't know what to say because I personally think, oh, we should have signed Molina instead of Dehan because we have too many forwards. But with Dehan, we got a really chance of like winning the league and doing really well at the at the ACL. And all the fans have really big cuts for him. But his age is a bit of a factor. Yeah, he's 34. Yeah, so I'm just like, hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I just got some stats real quick. Um, so, Dehan came to the, to the FC Seoul setup in 2008. He scored 181 goals in 116 appearances. No, other way around. He scored 116 goals in 181 appearances. That's a strike rate of 0.58 goals per game. He's also the top foreign scorer in K-League history, as well as a three-time uh, goal-scoring champion. But doesn't Dehan's arrival mean that FC Seoul are now overloaded in uh, attacking positions? They're absolutely overloaded uh, with uh, Park Young, Adriano, Yun uh, and mm. now Dehan, right? So obviously, either okay, okay. I say one of them is might be sold. I don't see any of them being sold. So what I think is I, I would probably expect one of them to drop a little deeper, and if all those sports are going to be popular. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tomasz check on, on Twitter, he said in one of our podcasts before, he mentioned how Pak Chong might play that number 10 slash Chakartista role because, right. you know, it's not really likely seeing his whole play like a, a, a Barca style 4 3 3, right? Like, going back to his age, because last season he scored 19 goals and 40 appearances for Beijing, that's still a significant step down from what he does, from what he's done before, but it's still pretty, pretty important. Nicole, do you think Tehan should be an everyday starter on the team, or do you think his age might get in the way? Well, I think he is going to be a regular starter, because yeah. all the fans, FC sort of fans, expect that. And like we probably know he's probably going to be one of the highest paid players there, so we better use that money. Right. And if we put like two top, like Adriano yeah. and Dehan together, people, teams are definitely going to get scared, and they're going to watch out, and we need goals. 
because we were struggling early in the season with the goals with a striker. So I reckon he'll be a regular starter. Okay. Well, he, he can be a regular starter. I just don't see him playing 90 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like Nicole already touched on it a little bit, but the hands transferred in means that uh, there's a transfer out. 35-year-old Colombian midfielder Mauricio Molina has left the club. He was the second highest best-paid player in the K-League. He was getting paid about 1.25 billion won and was pretty much one of the Seoul's most consistent attacking midfield players. He was the top assister for them in 2012 and 2013 and was second this year with 11 assists. Now he's on his way to join his former club back in Colombia, Independiente Medellin. So what happens? Is Seoul in need of an attacking midfielder now? We have we, we have union luck. Right. <laughs> But you know what? Uh, he's yeah, he's he's a he's a winger. A winger, and he's yeah, played he's striker like, before when the system didn't really. Yeah. Fit, uh, How many central midfielders does Seoul have left now? Or well, like Park Young was there. Or like uh, they've got Osmar, who's that? He's more of a defensive mid slash. Osmar. Yeah, because he's the most of the season. Yeah, he's the most of the season. So so Osmar and Park Young would be like the two and the four two three one. If, is that what Seoul play? Uh, the, but they 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 um changed their formation now. Yeah, it's it's five back. Yeah, it's three. Oh, it's two. It's three five. Yeah, two. yeah. Three five. Two. And yes, there's also a okay, so there's also a Yojiro Takahagi, Japanese. Oh yeah, Takahagi. Yeah. Yeah. So But like, my my concern is that Osmar is not someone who would want to play in like attacking positions. He's, he's, yeah, he's, he's more defensive. He's oh, a yeah. great tackler. He's got. He had an 82% pass uh, success rate last year, which was, which was the best in the K-League. And Takahagi has played attacking mid before for Chaeyang-soo uh, at Asisol this season, but he doesn't seem to be like your stereotypical stereotypical number 10. He doesn't really have that same skill set. So like I, I thought they were screwed. But then I remember Lee Seok-hyun, who was the 2013 Young Player of the Year, transferred from um, Incheon mid-season. He looks pretty, pretty decent. And Koyahan also plays uh, attacking mid in the system when he can't play with yeah, him. So. Yeah, I, I don't see him. I don't see him attacking mid. Okay. He, he's played there, but he's always better right yeah. wing. Uh, while we're on the topic of FC Seoul, yeah. uh, Kim jong Wan and Im Mi Hyuk signed for them, actually. Okay. They're, they were like two MVPs in the U18 team. Okay. I like them a lot, and uh, I hope they have a great team. Sure. So let's move on to another team who's been making a lot uh, of headlines recently. Uh, and unsurprisingly, it's the Bayern Munich of Korea, Chumbo Hyundae, who have <laughs> literally been buying literally every player that they can. So right. I'm going to go through the transfers and then... So Lee Jung-ho has transferred in from Chandam. He's 23 years old, left mid slash, you know, midfielder. Uh, he's also played striker before. And he's only ever played for Chunnam. Uh, that, that was his youth club and his professional team as well. Apparently, he refused Europe to join Chunbuk. He, he seemed to have been scared of the effects of a European move and what it could have on his career. Uh, in the same deal, they also managed to earn the signing of Im Jong-un. A center back who probably will be cover for the two main center backs now. Now that Alex Wilkinson has gone, Kim Young Il will probably start playing uh, first team minutes. Uh, they're also rumored to be 
interested in rumored to be interested. They're also interested in Ricardo Lopez, a speedy Brazilian winger slash forward, scored eleven goals last season for Cheddar United. Uh, but he's a foreign player, so they still have to work out the foreign player quota and whatnot with the existing foreign players and determine which ones are going to stay and who's going. They've also been on the hunt for Choi Jae-soo, these 2-1 left back, and Kim Chang-soo, uh, the Kashu Ereso slash KNT right back. Uh, and the big news that we haven't mentioned on the blog, it's Kim Bo-kyung, who was going to come back, but that deal fell through, and now he's back in talks with Chumbuk, uh, hopefully an announcement in the coming days or weeks, uh, ex-Wigan and Cardiff uh, midfielder, uh, could be coming back to the K-League's biggest club. Nicole. Chumbuk. I don't get it. Why are they buy- buying all the players? <laughs> They're not even going to use them all. Leave them alone. Because, <laughs> because money. Funny. Yeah. Funny yeah. talk. But they were uh, the biggest spenders last season for wages in the K-League. And last season, when all yeah. the competitions uh, paid less for wages, Chumbuk actually invested in the club. And, and yeah, so let's, let's just start with the beginning. Like, you don't have to like, I think that was, that was a key move. I think if, do you think he's going to start in as like, striker? Because I was going to say he might put ease of pressure on you don't go for it. Yeah, I think so because, um, there are other players on the left and no one's going to take that position away from him. Um, and Igono played up top as cover for Idan Gukul last season as well. And near the end, and he wasn't that impressive. So, yeah. So, so four spots, right? Yeah. Like, in, in in a four-two-three-one, so the three and one of the four spots, there are eight very good players. In you don't know Leonardo, you just have Lopez, you don't go, you don't know Kim Bo Young, Han Ki Won. You know, there's too many. And and that, as you said, I know, right? right? Yeah. I, I'm hoping that Chumbo could be like give us some time. Rico is still there. Yeah. yeah. And Lopez as well. He, he sort of tore up Tejan's defense oh, yeah. every chance he got. Because he's, he's moving with sheer pace. Oh, yeah. Also, Kim Bo-gyung. What do you think of Kim Bo-gyung moving to the Because it seems like it's going to happen. Oh, it's, it's the greatest thing. I don't, I don't think he should be in Japan. I don't think he should be in the freaking championship. I think it's, it's best for him, like, in his interest if he moved back. Um, now, the question is if he's going to fit in as, like, an attacking player or if he's going to be a central mid because, well, like, let's be real, like, Chungbuk doesn't have central mids at all. Yeah, Chungbuk Young has a defensive mid, and Chunghun, and then also an Eagle at the beginning of the season. Not all of which are particularly impressive for Chungbuk's standards. I don't know, I just I just don't, of course, I'm not trading on his right leg, but I just don't see Chungbuk, yeah. you know, one. Like, that's just not him, that's just not his thing. The key league. Chungbuk have already won the league, in my opinion. Like, they've already won. Yeah, I think I think Kwang and Swan can put up a good fight. Ulsan's doing Ulsan's doing very well, by the way. If you wanna, yeah, wanna stop. And that's the that's the perfect the, the perfect transition there. Oh yes. Um, Ulsan second year under Kim Shinhwan, very disappointing first season. Uh, they finished uh, seventh. Uh, so, so they won the bottom half, but that's not exactly what they're hoping for. Uh, it was a worst season since two thousand and nine, but. Uh, just some quick uh, recap of their transfers. Kim Sung-gyu was left to sell Kobe for one million, uh, a one million dollar transfer fee. Coming in was supposed to be, I believe, Lee Chang-hun. Yeah, that's the rumor, but it hasn't happened. But that's the rumor. That's it hasn't happened. 
Uh, really? Also, an interesting midfield move. Tommy Wan has come in from Taejon Citizen to Ulsan Hande. Uh, and Kim Min Sung, who has like uh, 88 hits on FIFA, but he's ridiculously fast. Former CSK winger, very speedy, very, very peaceful. Uh, so they'll be inserted next season into Ulsan's midfield uh, setup. Igije, uh, left back from the Newcastle Jets in the A League, has transferred up to, to Korea. He's going to be playing. For Ulsan, I guess Scott could be with Chong Ho. And then they've also brought in a fairly mobile Brazilian striker called Bernardo. So, my question anyone can answer How do these guys fit with the ridiculously tall Kim Shinduk and Ivan Kovacic? I think it goes pretty well, actually. Alright, this is just me, but I think a two top of Samuel uh, and Kim Shinduk will work very well. Um, this is, it's sort of a similar knockdown principle we saw in the World Cup with Kim Shinook and Tommy Wan. Right? And, and I'm yeah. hoping that Tommy Wan can do a similar thing. I think Kim Sung is almost certain to start. Kim Sung is essentially a Kim Sung is a very strong addition to the team, I think. Yeah, he'll be good. Yeah, we're uh, well, Tommy Wan, I guess I can talk about Tommy Wan or you just think I'll do it again. Since, uh, go, ahead. go ahead. So, Tommy Wan. 20 years old, he's played for Tejok his entire professional career so far. Um, he's called the Super Rookie. I believe he didn't go through to the traditional draft system, but Tejok signed him right away instead. He was a key factor behind Tejok's promotion to the K-League. He's quite quick, uh, quite dynamic in midfield, although last season was pretty much an off year for him. Then again, it was an off year for pretty much the entire team. Uh, he's a great addition to Ulsan, I think. Uh, if he can link up well with the, with the two strikers, or if he plays as a striker as well, it'll be interesting to see where he's deployed. But all things considered, he's a great addition to Ulsan, and I hope he will continue to play against opposition uh, of which he is worthy, like in the Kelly Classic. So yeah, Nicole, I don't know if I can say about Ulsan. Hey guys, I was, I was like, um, I was a bit distracted for a second, but yeah. do you guys know a forum called, this is really, really famous, most famous forum in Korea in, on Down is called World Cup Love. Have you guys heard of that before? Football forum. Oh, actually, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know about that. Is it? Well, it's you in guys, Korean? Yeah, you guys should join. And it's like oh, all, all, you know, all the transfer rumors. Everything's up here, and like all the like um starting eleven, all all these informations there. And I'm reading it right now. Um, and they're saying rumors. Uni Lock is linked to Poir. Ooh. And I'm just like, oh, what? No. And I'm like, oh, as no. if, no, like, like, as if, and then some people say, oh my, he might be like trolling, but like half of the people saying maybe he is going Kuang, because like, it's his whole situation right now, so I'm just like, oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, uh, just going back to the, you know, like the Kuang rumor, like, I don't know how credible this may or may not be, but if that actually happens, it's kind of big for Kuang, isn't it? Yeah, all the Puang fans right now like come come, but all the FC Seoul yeah. fans are like no. But at the same time, where the hell would you look fit in the system yeah. if Seoul play like a four, three one two for example? You know, you know, no, not be the two. As one. a Puang like fan ish, okay. I'd actually rather have just keep Guangzhou and Lin Changjun. No, no, he he's fit for sure. No, they 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 could use that for sure. So let's move on now to transfers that could be of some interest to those following the K-League.
Incheon United have made their first splash of the offseason. They've signed Vietnamese defensive midfielder Luang Xuan Treng. Uh, he's, I believe, 22 years old. He's quite young. Uh, and he's actually in the squad for the Vietnamese team at the AFC U23 Championship. He's fairly good at the long ball, uh, which might explain why Incheon signed him, so he could uh, hit those long balls to Kevin Urus. Um, and actually, Incheon expects that merchandise revenue from this from, from selling this player uh, will skyrocket and actually surpass the salary they're actually paying him. So that could be very interesting and could mark the new dawn, a new dawn in in the K League where they they search to sign players in the Southeast Asian leagues for not too much and receive uh, a, a fair amount of, of merchandising revenue back. Chunnam will sign Cho Sukje from on loan. Like so scored 19 goals uh, on 90 shots last season for Chungju Hamo. The best goals per shot percentage in the K-League Challenge at 23.75%. Uh, so last season he was on loan from Chambok to Chungju, and now he's at Chunna. Um, I think I think Chungju is like a great replacement for Yuzhan because, well, yeah, because like he, he's been scoring goals. And I really think he should have been called up to the U23 team. But um, yeah. I trust Shin Taeyong. He's many times in. Also, Cheju have signed Chung Woon from Croatia. Uh, he played for uh, uh, R. No, he played for Istra and RNK Split. So left back. And he made it in some newspapers as like one of the better fullbacks in the Croatian league. And the only reason why I'm mentioning him is that he's moving to Cheju. And. One key factor behind that is he has to do military service. So he had to explain in a, an interview to his club, like to, to his club supporters, why he has to move and explain the military concept. So we'll see if, uh, well, I guess we can kind of compare the Croatian league to the K League, I guess, for this transfer. We yeah. have to see how he fits in at, uh, at Teju. And then, like, this is not a transfer, this is more. Uh, a remark. Suwon are trying to hold on to their parts. Wumsok has left to China to join Honongbo at Hangzhou Greentown. And Prittisu is rumored to go to Chungbuk. Uh, so both of them, both fullbacks, uh, could be leaving. And then, apparently, they're, Samsung is investing much less money into the squad this season. So, mm-hmm. the, the days of when Suwon were up there, that's for window wise, they're not going to be. Uh, players. I just want to say, uh, Chung Sung Young left to uh, some J League yes. team, right? So they also have to fill in the goal. Yeah, yeah Kawasaki Frontal. I suspect that Nurong Gun might just play. Oh, yeah. Uh, Chung Sung was injured at the beginning of last season, right? And yeah. No came in. It's pretty good. Find the ACL and stuff. They went in some striker called Kim Jong Min from Tokushima Vortis, and he scored six goals in four seasons. Half time with this tavern of the Take a Quarters podcast. I hope you're enjoying so far. All the music we have in this podcast comes from the Red Devil Supporters Group, who have a link uh, in the in the post uh, to their music, to where we found their music, uh, just to make sure we're not uh, violating copyright law here in Canada. You may have noticed during this podcast that my voice 
it's sort of on and off and it has two different tones. Well, it's because my audio jack wasn't working very well and you hear me speaking into my microphone and then you hear me speaking into my computer uh, microphone, which are of contrasting qualities. I apologize. We'll have that sorted out next week. Up next, the AFC U23 Championship a mini preview. Uh, we're going to have a full preview next week. A quick talk about KPAs and then our traditional Tyvon last call. Um, so this tournament is important because it is the Olympic qualifiers for the 2016 Rio Olympic Games for the for the men's. Um, so yes, so the, the tournament this year is in Qatar, and unlike previous years, it's a four group round robin top two teams advance to the quarterfinals, like you'd see in most ASD tournaments. Uh, in the past, it was simply I think five or sixteen round robins and top team qualified for the Olympics, but this season we're going to have a knockout stage. This year, uh, we're going to have a knockout stage. So with the round-robin system, I think, I personally think this is a little bit more fair when it comes to qualifying for a tournament, um, because one, everyone else does this, and two, like, this this is a way to ensure that everyone plays everyone, right? But with the tournament system, because soccer is soccer, you can always get upsets. Right. And you can have, like, I don't know, like, if Korea and Japan face each other in, like, the semis or something, that means one of them has to... Okay, in the semis, it's fine, because you still have the opportunity for third, but, like, say right. two very good teams, like, war against each other, like, the, in, like, the round of eight, then, like, you have the top. Yeah. So, yes, the games. Uh, Shin Young's team has a match against the... a friendly against the UAE on Monday. And against Saudi Arabia on Wednesday, both at 9:20 a.m. Uh, for EST. EST, and then that 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 means 11:20 p.m. KST. Um, Perfect. And then the matches, the actual tournament matches on January 13th against Uzbekistan, on January 16th, 16th against Yemen, and January 19th against Iraq. So Korea needs to place in the top three, like you mentioned, to qualify for the 2016 Rio Olympics. Jinsuk, are we going to do it? Um, I I have faith in this team for many reasons. Uh, one, Shin Taeyong, two very good players. Um, three, and I think that the draw is pretty favorable for us actually. Yeah. So like like Group D only has Australia. Group A. It's just not very strong either, so yeah, I think we have a very good chance. Okay. Um, and Lee Chang Dong is a player who is injured, and he's actually quite vital to the to the side. Um, why is that? So, what 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 made him well, so important? Well, what made him so important is that we don't we don't really have like a strong defensive midfielder ever. You know, like we. We Shintan picked up uh Itenung very recently and he, he slotted into the starting lineup immediately because he's just so good at what he does. Um fortunately, um in this recent four nations tournament against Morocco, China and Colombia, Shintan was quoted as saying, We have picked up Hagyong and he I think Hagyong has done a great job in the one game, two games he's played. And he he's playing regularly for Seoul too, so I think Yeah. 
Um, we have a decent alternative. We'll see how he does. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, and what's the make or break factor between the Caucasian and not? For me, for me, it's a combination of great midfield creativity right. and like attacking creativity in general, combined with a very solid defense. Mm-hmm. Um, this team has some amazing uh, attacking midfield winger talents. There, there are too many to name. Like, Yusunu, Munchangjun, Yusunu, Munchangjun, they're all, they're all in this age group. They're very strong. On top of that, we have a very good defense in, in Captain Yongjimin and, and a very good keeper in Kim Jongjun. So, I think, I think this team ha- has what it takes to be an exciting attacking kind of team that Shin Tae-yong wants. In our group, who do you think would be the biggest threat? Which, which team are you most worried about losing to in the group season? Oh, that's easy. It's Iraq. So, uh, Iraq has always given us problems in like the youth teams. If you think about it, like Iraq was the one who... Oh my goodness, now, now I think about it, it... <laughs> it's the same players. So, like, um, in the AFC 2012 U19 Championship, we narrowly beat right. Iraq on penalty. Right. And that's because Nintendo scored a last-minute goal. Mm-hmm. And then in the 2013 U20 World Cup, Again. Iraq beat us in the finals yeah. on penalties. And it's and now that I think about it, it's the exact same team. Right. Oh, but well, it's gonna be interesting. <laughs> yeah, uh, first. yeah, they're the biggest. If we can beat Iraq, we have a very we have a pretty easy route to the finals. Right. Uh, so in Group D, just quickly, the teams are Australia and Australia. Vietnam. The Australia and UAE. Jordan, I believe, yes, and Vietnam. Yes, uh, Vietnam don't really think they're going to be uh, a big concern. Australia choked yeah. in 2012. They finished bottom of their... Also, we, yeah, we keep the 823. So, uh, yes, definitely to be on Monday and Wednesday, and we'll have a full podcast uh, preview next week. Uh, if you can't wait, or if you want some... Uh, Information right away. Jim's got the great posts on the tavern uh, previewing the 23 tournament. Go check it out. Quickly, Korean players abroad. Um, There's a few games uh, in a couple hours actually, because uh, recording this about 8 a.m., 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So obviously, we can't tell you what's going on. And those games, because this podcast has been recorded before and will be released after. What we can talk about are what happens in the last couple of weeks with three game-winning goals from our, from our uh, England-based players. What? So, Lee Chung-young, or Crystal Palace, scored that wonder strike against uh, Newcastle. And it was, it was the game-winner last minute. And it's funny, right after the game, Pardew said, it's a pity he has to compete with players like Balassi who have been taking away Chinyoung's starting spot in the lineup, which is frustrating. Chinyoung's um, case is, is very sad. I mean, no one, I don't, I don't think anyone expected Crystal Palace to be right, this yeah. strong. <laughs> and I think everyone expected him to start. And to be honest, it wasn't for, if it wasn't for a player like Velasco right. Baja, who are all of a sudden exactly. playing well, right? Like, he, he would be starting. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Kisang Young scored a really scrappy goal 
uh, for Swansea that you have to play against, uh, I guess, West Brom. Um, I mean, it's a really scrappy goal. His first of the season. It was the game winner, the only goal of the match. Uh, he's been. That's four like, minutes, I think. He's been pretty solid, I guess, for, for, for Swansea. Yeah, nothing, nothing spectacular, but he's been doing his job. Unfortunately, the team sucked, but, and gotten very unlucky. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. So, Swansea's in the 17th, two points above the relegation zone. On the bright side, um, they're right next to Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um. And of course, the big goal that got a lot of attention on social media was Hoeling Min's deft backheel flick against uh, against Watford at at the death to to give the Spurs a, a much needed victory and keep them in the hunt for a Champions League spot. They're currently in fourth place today. Uh, a fantastic goal, and it was even more sweet for Spurs fans because it came after uh, a Watford red card, and Tottenham had been pressing for that winner, and Pochettino was getting frustrated because they couldn't find uh, the breakthrough, but they finally did. Son's fantastic back heel goal uh, really propelled him into the head into the headlines because it was, of course, the last game of the new year and sent Spurs into 2016 on a high note. Although he was like offside. On, on when he was competing for the header before the goal, but let's not talk about that. Okay. It was a brilliant goal for Son. Hopefully, he actually starts now instead of coming up to the bench. Uh, he's doing okay so, so far as far as the normal but transition to a new league, right? Uh, so he, he transitioned yeah. very well. You know, I don't think the issue is a transition. I think the issue is that. Um, during his injury, there are players who played very well and haven't done anything to deserve not getting starting anymore. And now it's time for our traditional time and last call. Uh, who wants to start? Uh, I guess I'll start. Um, uh, 2016 is going to... I think January 2016 is going to be a very eventful year for us, um, not only because of the U16 U23... 2016 U23 AFC Championship, but also because... 2016 is the year when finally, you know, the Barcelona kids start playing again. Thank goodness. Screw you, FIFA. Uh, I, I've been this for this. It's been a long time. Um, Bar- Barca B is actually playing today, and um, I don't think Pixel will start only because he has, I'm sure he has paperwork and stuff to fill out. But um, by next week, both Pixel and Yusuno should be playing. So, yeah. let's cross our feet. Nicole, your last call. Any thoughts? Hopes? Yeah, 2016 will be a great year. We can see finally Pixel and Yusuf will play. Can't wait for the K League. There's so many great players coming in. Right. And with the ACL, the Asian Champions League, can't wait for that too. Hopefully, Puang will be the fourth team to qualify. Oh, they should. That's easy. FC Seoul smashed Bing Chong. I've realized after recording that the team in question was actually Hanoi TNC and not Bing Zhuang. Bing Zhuang uh, actually qualified directly to the group stage, so just a correction there. And my last call, it's about something that we don't cover enough on the tavern. It's about uh, the woman's side. Uh, Chang'e 
has transferred to the NWSL side, the Western New York Flash. She's the first ever Korean female player to play in North America, in the United States, uh, for for her club side. And it's going to be a big test for her. The left midfielder needs to have pace and power, uh, things that... A higher level of pace and power, a higher standard of pace and power, because she'll be playing against much higher quality opponents than in the WK League. Apparently, she's going to get paid less than what uh, she would make in the the WK League, but for her development, this is certainly a very, very important move and a very big deal. Uh, And hopefully, she will be able to grow as a player and perform in the 2019 World Cup. Uh, and of course, the, the, the tournaments before that uh, for the South Korean national team and bring her skill set to an even higher level. So that's something worth keeping an eye on. I have an article coming out on that very shortly. Uh, uh, so stay tuned at the Tavern. So I think that pretty much uh, wraps it up then. That's all I've got time for on this first edition of the Tavern Weekly Podcast. We still have a name for it yet, so we'll uh, get... Uh, cracking on that sometime so thank you for listening next week our podcast will be about the AFC U23 championship I'm sure Jinzuk will be here I will try to be there as well as Nicole and hopefully we can get some other writers to join on as well Uh, so from all of us here at the Tavern please continue following the Tavern Twitter page Twitter feed uh, at TakeAquarrior and the Tavern website TakeAquarriors.com for all your latest Korean football news uh, be it K-League, KPAs, uh, KNC, and all that other good stuff. From all of us here at the Tavern, thank you for listening. Happy New Year, and Chai Gayo from Tavern Studio. Today.